Hey family, in today's video, we're going to be talking about four reasons why your life and your success is vulnerable to spiritual warfare. And at the end of this video, we're also going to talk about three strategies to be proactive in when it comes to spiritual warfare. But this video uh, was birthed out of a coaching call today. I was coaching a young lady who's an entrepreneur, highly successful individual. And I was coaching her along the lines of uh, vulnerable areas of spiritual warfare. We talked about how, or she asked a question about how she can safeguard her success and safeguard the next season of her life uh, by making sure that she's more strategic in her spiritual warfare. Uh, because she's beginning to notice that there's some spiritual warfare activities around the areas of, of her being promoted and elevated in her entrepreneurial endeavors. And so I wanted to give you, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to give you guys um, the strategies and the warnings when it comes to spiritual warfare so that you will begin to safeguard the things that God wants you to have next year and, and going forward. So I believe this uh, video is going to be a tool, a resource for years and years to come to help you to overcome uh, and not to succumb um, to spiritual warfare. But uh, the first thing that I want to give you is Satan hates godly success. Satan despises his systems. His demons do not want you to be godly successful. Notice I said godly success. See, Satan doesn't mind success, but he does mind success from the best. Now, the success that I'm talking about is holistic success. The enemy does not want you to be holistically successful because when you're holistically successful, it safeguards all success. For example, if we neglect certain principles in the word of God when it comes to family, when it comes to holiness, when it comes to different things and our minds being renewed, even though you may be professionally successful, your professional success is actually vulnerable because that money that you've made in your entrepreneurial endeavors, in your business, in your uh, whatever it is, will be used to spend to try to tend and try to heal areas that were not safeguarded. For example, the Bible talks about how God will not hear my prayers if I'm not respectful towards my wife. God will not hear my prayers if I'm not honorable towards my wife. So what does that mean? It doesn't matter how much I pray, how much I ask for favor and success in ministry or business. If, I'm, if my home is not together, those prayers won't come together, right? So Satan does not want you and me to be holistically successful because success in these areas that are often neglected will safeguard what the world deems as successful, right? So now let's talk about the difference between proactive and reactive warfare. Before I get into it, I wanna make sure I add this, but he loves Satan, his system, loves one-dimensional success because he knows that the more you focus on one-dimensional success and neglect holistic success, then you're going to be spending that area of success uh, uh, safeguarding or trying to recoup or to, to build up those other. Now, here is the big, big differences or the big difference between war proactive and reactive warfare. Let's define proactive warfare. Proactive warfare involves taking preemptive and strategic actions 
to anticipate and address potential threats before they manifest. I'm going to stop there. So proactive warfare involves taking preemptive and strategic actions to what? Anticipate and address potential threats before they manifest. So as a husband, I already know the, the potential threats against marriage. And since I already know from a husband's standpoint, the potential threats against marriage, it is my responsibility to be proactive, meaning to be strategic in anticipating and addressing. One thing about believers, we were created in this new man to be more offensive than defensive, to possess the land, to take lands, to advance the kingdom of God. Most Christians and believers are defensive, and we'll get to that. They're more reactive. But it's our responsibility to utilize God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, to give us clues, to give us insight early on that he all he always does to be able to anticipate, okay, this is what typically comes against marriages. This is what typically comes against men who are ambitious. This is what typically comes against women in this area, men in this area, students in this area. This is what typically comes against. And so then I can anticipate this is what comes with this. So let me be proactive to eliminate. It also says to address. Before it comes to undress me, I'm going to address it. Whatever you do not address will undress you. Whatever you and I do not address right now, we're talking about those issues in our lives, will come back around and embarrass us by undressing us later. So proactive warfare is, is letting us know that it's our responsibility to anticipate and to address. Let's keep going. It says before they manifest, before the threats manifest. Do you know things happen in the spiritual world before they're revealed in the physical world? And if all you are equipped in, and if, if the only areas that you are strong in is in the physical, then you will always lose in the spiritual. Because before it manifests or before it reveals itself in the physical, it's already been organized and set in, in motion spiritually. So by us being spiritual beings, if we attack the spiritual realm, we can, we can disrupt the plots and schemes before they manifest in the physical. That's proactive warfare. We'll get to those strategies in a minute. It says it is a forward thinking approach that focuses on prevention, preparation, and the implementation of proactive measures to detour or neutralize adversaries. It is a forward thinking approach. So visionaries, that's why God wants us to be visionaries, is to begin to understand, okay, I got to be forward thinking. Right now, I'm already counseling plots and schemes that are set against daughters of a man like myself. I'm already, and how do I do that? It's more than just praying. It's about being prepared, making sure that I'm eliminating anything in me, the enemy in me, the enemy, the enemy in me, because if I don't defeat the enemy in me, then I will be in partnership with the enemy against me. And then I will be a weapon formed against myself that's prospering. 
See, we always talk about neutralizing the weapons that's formed against us, but sometimes we're the weapon formed against ourselves. And so it's a forward-thinking approach that focuses on prevention. My goal is to prevent fatherlessness in my daughter, to prevent uh, insecurities or whatever in my wife, to prevent any type of legacy downfall because of hidden sins. It's to prevent and through preparation. Warfare is all about preparation, being equipped, right? And, and the implementation of proactive measures, meaning systems in your life, accountability in your life, strategy in your life. See, the, we've heard this quote, we, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the levels of your systems. If your systems are not solid, you will never reach your goals. That would detour. See, one of the most deterring things in a spiritual world is joy, praise. The Bible says he inhabits, God inhabits the praises of his people. So the more joyful you are, the less deployed tactics against you because the enemy hates when you have the right mindset and you're content and joyful. We'll talk about some of those strategies a little bit later. Detour or neutralize adversaries. Do you know you have the authority right now to uh, detour and neutralize adversaries by your authority in Christ? When you have, when you are aware of your authority in Christ, I, I, it, see, awareness doesn't mean you have to have a strong faith. What I mean by that, the fact that you know who you are and whose you are, you can operate in that through the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to neutralize and 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 and, and detour your adversaries. Let's keep going. In spiritual terms, proactive warfare may involve consistent prayer spiritual disciplines, and intentional efforts to fortify one's spiritual defenses against what? Potential attacks. Do you know every one of us have demons associated with us, watching us, trying to safeguard generational curses through lineages, right? They're watching us and they have film. Do you know they watch film? Do you know they have a scouting report on us? Do you know there's a scouting report on me, a scouting report on you? They know your weaknesses more than you even know them. They know what days you tend to bend. They know what days you choose to overextend. They know what days where you're your weakest, where you're strongest. They know how to disrupt your prayer life. They know how to uh, get you off your spiritual disciplines. Like they know you more than you know them. And that's why it's important to understand spiritual warfare. That's why the Bible says, don't be ignorant to Satan's devices. Because when you're ignorant, those devices will use your vices to destroy you. And so that's why it involves consistent prayer. Think about Daniel. The Bible talks about that he prayed 21 days to get an answer from God. God heard him on day one, dispatched the answer on day one. But what does the Bible say? As the angel was coming through a region, the principality of Persia was trying to prevent him. But because Daniel was persistent and consistent, it aided the, 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 the delivery. Could it be that the reason why things haven't been delivered is because you haven't been consistent? Or is it because you're not even aware of the power of prayer? So consistent prayer, spiritual discipline, and intentional efforts to fortify one's spiritual defenses against potential attack. So when you know that you are a spiritual being and that everything stems from the spiritual world, then you should fortify yourself with spiritual defenses. 
to ensure that 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 you are safeguarded while you're going through life, while your wife, your husband, your children, you've already fortified all those places. For instance, before I did this video, I fortified my wife and daughter. I fortified myself. I fortified and protected because I know what I'm doing right now is spiritual warfare. And what I don't want to happen is as I'm dropping nuclear bombs, wherever you guys are at, giving you freedom, giving you insight that would then permeate through your lineage. You don't think the enemy going to be mad at me, but because I know who I am, I've already dispatched my authority saying that you would not touch my wife. You would not touch my daughter. You would not touch the tires of my car. You would not touch anything that may call harm while I'm doing spiritual warfare. That's what makes us unfair in warfare that we invert through verbiage can protect Every area of our life, I protect future properties. If you ever listen to my messages, you hear me pray before I say anything because I know what I'm doing. A lot of us people in ministry, we pray for people, we stand in the gap for people, we do all these good spiritual things negating spiritual retaliation. But when you're able to safeguard those different areas, then those things, they can't even touch them. They'll be mad at you. But that's the worst that they can be is mad at you from a distance, right? Now, reactive warfare. Reactive warfare, on the other hand, is a response-driven strategy. All you're doing is responding. That involves reacting to threats or attacks as they occur. Now, this stuff happens. Don't get me wrong. Even in the elites and the people who are strong spiritually, there are things that catches you off guard. But this should not be who we are dominantly. We should not just be reactive individuals that react as the threats are occurring. Like, oh, snap, you just got, you like, you didn't have no strategy. You had no surveillance. You had no discernment, no sensitivity to know that there's demonic activity. And then all of a sudden when it happens, now you're responding. Now you're reacting, not responding, but you're reacting to it. And now you have to gather intel and try to respond, but they already committed damage. So many individuals are responding to an attack against their child, an attack against their marriage, an attack against their money. They, they, now you're reacting to it versus being proactive with it. It is a defensive approach where actions are taken in response to an already manifest threat. We can stop it before it manifests. But through, we'll get to those four things in a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, in the context of spiritual warfare, reactive measures may include seeking spiritual guidance, prayer, and intervention after encountering challenges or spiritual attacks. While reactive warfare is necessary at times, which means you got to seek spiritual guidance sometimes. Sometimes you got to uh, 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 have to get on your knees and pray harder, you know what I'm saying? Or smarter, right? And, and, and whatever. This may be necessary at times, but proactive approach aims to minimize the likelihood of encountering such challenges in the first place. There are certain challenges that shouldn't even come into our place of dwelling if we were proactive. So proactive warfare minimizes the likelihood of you constantly re reacting to their attacking. Okay, so that's the big difference between proactive and reactive warfare. Right? We don't want to be in a place where you always have to seek spiritual guidance, where you all like the only time you pray is May Day. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, or, 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 or just uh, trying to uh, uh, stay afloat. No, we're supposed to be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. Blessed going in, blessed coming out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, able to do God's uh, business without hindrance. But because of, well, we'll get there now. Now, spiritual warfare, here are the four areas that puts us at risk of being reactive in warfare or our success being uh, stolen. These four areas. Arrogance, insignificance, ignorance, and negligence. Here are the four areas that puts us at risk to being reactive in warfare, having our success being used to clean up mess, or to not even have success at all. Those four areas, again, for those taking notes. Oh, let's talk to the people that's in the building. DJ Colbert. Uh, okay, we'll get to your question in a minute. George Georgina says, praise God. Thank you. Joshua, teach me. God gets the glory. Holy Spirit is teaching us on today. Those four areas, again, are arrogance, insignificance, ignorance, and negligence. I also I have a worksheet that, I, that you could be able to download to help you in this area as well, utilizing this video as a, as a constant aid. Now, let's talk about arrogance. How arrogance opens a door for spiritual warfare. Let's read. Arrogance creates vulnerability by fostering a sense of self-sufficiency and pride, distancing individuals from humility and dependence on God. The belief in one's invincibility can lead to a lack of spiritual discernment, making them susceptible to unseen spiritual influences. Arrogance says, I don't need God. A day you go without prayer is a sign of arrogance. People look at arrogance as high-level arrogance, high-level pride. But anytime we do anything of key significance without acknowledgement or acknowledging God is a form of arrogance because we don't know it all. Our discernment is not, all of our discernments are not trained. It says arrogance creates vulnerability by fostering a sense, a sense like, oh, I could be self-sufficient. I'm sensing that I'm able to do this. That's a false sense of reality. And pride, distancing individuals from humility and dependence on spiritual guidance on God. So that means when I get into this arrogant mode, I begin to distance myself from humility or the soft level arrogance of dependency. Some people, they're just super arrogant. They're just, hey, I'm just going to do what I want to do, be who I want to be. No need for humility. Those people learn from humiliation. The goal in life is to learn from humility, not humiliation. Because the Bible says a pride comes before a fall. But others begin to distance themselves from the need of spiritual support or guidance from God. So, Anytime you begin to date somebody or pursue somebody or pursue a career without acknowledging God, you're opening yourself up to be influenced to not be affluent, right? And so when you're influenced, then, then you're listening to your mom or you or you listening to yourself, your dad, or you become arrogant in a belief system and you don't consult God. And the reason why we don't consult God is because we don't we know God gonna tell us the truth. 
And we rather God clean the mess after we make it than to be preventative in making a mess before making it. It says the belief in one's invincibility. Because I know life is fragile, I stay agile. I make sure that, I, that, I'm, that I'm not just stiff-necked and, and, and all about myself. I stay agile. I stay loose. I stay aware. The, the belief in one's invincibility can lead to a lack of spiritual discernment. So now when you become to feel invincible, you don't, under, you don't adhere to the principles. And you don't train your spiritual discernment. You're not able to say, okay, let me see if this is the right way to go. Let me uh, trust uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll make your path straight. That's a principle. It says the belief in one's invincibility can lead to a lack of spiritual discernment, making them susceptible to unseen spiritual influences. Number two, insignificance. Feelings of insignificance can make individuals vulnerable as they may seek validation or purpose in unhealthy places. The void left by a perceived lack of significance can be exploited. Demons come in and just exploit it, potentially leading to misguided choices or susceptibility to negative spiritual influencing influences Promising false fulfillment. That's what happens all the time. Notice feelings of insignificance will always hinder the awareness of the facts of significance. You cannot go by feelings because feelings just let you know how you feel. But facts over feelings. See, there's facts to your significance. That your mom may not have noticed, your dad may not have noticed, your exes may not have noticed, you may have not noticed. But when you take notice that God is the one that determines and deems you significant, then it can eradicate the insignificance because the enemy loves to use that vulnerable area because he knows if you don't know your worth in God, if you, then that means you won't know your authority in Christ. If you don't know your value in God, then you won't know your authority in Christ. And if you don't know your authority in Christ, then you won't execute that authority in Christ. Therefore, we can wreak havoc in your life. So what are those areas in your life that you feel insignificant? I had to get over my big four. I had to get over uh, all the things that I was insecure. I had to get over uh, uh, being feeling that I need to be validated by others. That, that my validation comes from what happened on the cross, not what happens in life. So when you live life looking for validation and looking to be accepted, then my friend, you will die from people's rejection. Feelings of insignificance can make individuals vulnerable as they may seek. See, the goal is not to seek validation. It's to uh, uh, be at the peaks of validation. Right now in Christ, you and I, those who are aware, are at the peaks of validation. There's no need to seek validation when you're at the peak of validation. So now when you know that you're at the peak of validation, you won't be peaking for validation. As they may seek validation or purpose in unhealthy places. That's why the enemy supports his satanic strategies with satanic systems of places that are unhealthy. 
whether it's people groups, whether it's belief systems, whether it's cults, whether it's music. He knows that if you feel insignificant, then I can draw you into these quote unquote significant places to make you feel significant, but it's actually set up for your detriment. And you would be entrapped or trapped by these different influences, keeping you from being affluent. The void left by, here we go, another word, keyword, a perceived lack of significance. Let me make sure I, give me a thumbs up. Will you guys let me know my uh, Wi-Fi was acting up? Let me know if y'all can hear thumbs up. No, no coincidence. Spiritual warfare topic. These things kind of occur. I think we're good now. Thumbs up for those watching live. Let me know if, if I'm sounding good, if I'm if I'm if I'm uh clear. Wait for some thumbs up. Thumbs up, thumbs up, let me know. Or any kind of emoji. All right, good, we good, we're good. All right, so the void left. So due to our lack of perception, we create these unnecessary voids. Thank y'all so much. We create these unnecessary voids of perceived. Where I'm at, perceived lack of significance. The enemy wants you to be blinded by your significance in Christ. And if you're not saved, he wants to be blinded from the basic raw default significance of you being made in the image of God. The void left by a perceived lack of significance can be exploited. So the enemy loves when you don't know how to perceive your worth. He loves it. Demons love it. Oh, she don't know her worth. Bring any guy through. He don't know his worth. Bring any girl through. Bring anyone through. Bring anything through. They don't know their worth. Then now we can exploit them, embarrass them, steal from them. Even people at high levels of success, just because you have money, if your money determines your significance, your money's on a ticking time bomb before you lose it all. Because significance in God has a, a significant way of you keeping your wealth, keeping your health, protecting it. But even people with a lot of uh, 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 significant things, if they feel insignificant, they'll lose those significant things. Potentially leading to misguided choices or susceptibility to negative spiritual influence and influences promising false fulfillment. The enemy lies and tell you, man, hey. You're going to make it here. That's what he did to Eve. You're going to be all right, man. You ain't going to surely die. False sense or false fulfillment. Ignorance. Ignorance, especially spiritual ignorance, leaves individuals unaware of the spiritual realities at play. This means a lack of knowledge about spiritual principles, discernment, and protection opens the door to manipulation and spiritual attacks. Without awareness, individuals may inadvertently engage in activities that exposes them to harm. Big one here, ignorance. The enemy loves to play in areas you don't even know about. Ignorance, especially spiritual ignorance, leaves individuals unaware of the spirituality. Do you know there are literally spiritual activity active around your life? And if you're ignorant to what's been activated or active in your life, then you'll begin to see things subtracted from your life. That's why it's important not to be dumb, spiritually illiterate, spiritually ignorant. That's why the Bible says do not be ignorant of Satan's devices, because if you're ignorant to it, it's easy for them now. 
So when you're unaware of the spiritualities at play, then you can't really play. You won't be able to enjoy. Your marriage won't be uh, ready to play. Both of y'all on the sidelines can't even play in a game called love. Can't even play in the game called parenting because everybody is just injured due to being ignorant. Right now, there's spiritual realities at play right now around you, right now in your health, right now in your family, activity at play. And you have no clue you're about to lose your wife. You have no clue you're two years away from losing your life. You, you know, you have no clue of the strategic set up plan by the enemy to steal, to kill and to destroy at play right now the way that the way they uh, use that breakup to get you emotionally eating so that you will open yourself up for diseases potentially setting you up to be uh dead in the next five ten years see it, the enemy plays the long game like this is chess not checkers some of us we just want to play checkers and get and be king king me king me versus protecting the king and you so i already know the, the the activities at play. That's why it's no coincidence this month was the way it is for me. The reason why the videos haven't been out. Like, do you not think that they're not trying to, there's no activity at play? But see, I know how to play the game. But when you don't know how to play the game, then all of a sudden things don't start. Oh, there's nothing is by, nothing is uh, by coincidence. Everything is uh, 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 significant. So why do, I remember me and my wife early on in marriage, we used to wonder, why do we always get in arguments the night before I got to preach or the night before she got to do something? We realized they wanted to drain our energy through arguments so that we won't have strong enough arguments and, and, and dissertations and or whatever in the next day where ministry was at play. Like right before she's about to sing. Oh, she about to sing a solo. We got in an argument right before I have to go preach the word argument. Why? Because they want to use some insignificant thing to drain the energy of you physically to have a high probability of you not operating effectively in the day of ministry and the day of where war is really war. So you can't be ignorant. Right now, you're busy working right now, not knowing the enemy has you on a selfish, ambitious pursuit. While your daughter's trying to get attention from you, and now because you've been neglecting her for four or five years now, you're no longer an impactful individual for her. And now you have to watch her go through different lifestyle choices without your governing, without your guidance, because you weren't there in her formative years. See, they know the game. And a lot of people, they're ignorant to what's at play until it's plain as day. Next, negligence. Oh, I didn't finish. I didn't finish. Lack of knowledge about spiritual principles. Principles are key. The Bible says it rains on the just as well as unjust. They're spiritual principles. Even the world operates in spiritual principles and reaps success from it. But there are some spiritual principles, like I said earlier, that God will not hear my prayer if I don't honor my wife. That's a spiritual principle. So if stuff ain't taken on this or taken off, but if things are just overly difficult and not, it's because I got to check, am I treating my wife right? Lack of knowledge about spiritual principles and discernment, being able to understand what it means to be sensitive. I'm going to do a video on how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit down the road. I already got that log in, so we'll keep going for time's sake. And protection opens the door to manipulation. Now the enemy got your mind manipulated. It says, without awareness, individuals may inadvertently engage in activity that exposes them to harm. The enemy wants you to be exposed, then exposed, then disposed. 
He wants you to, he wants to expose you to different things that, that is tailored to the flesh that tastes good, feel good, smell good, looks good, sounds good, but it's not good holistically. He wants to, for you to be exposed to that. Then be exposed by that thing you practice in, in, in uh, hidden, then dispose you. So you got to watch your ignorance. Next, negligence. Negligence towards spiritual well-being, such as neglecting prayer, meditation, or spiritual practices, creates vulnerability. Ignoring the need for spiritual growth and protection leaves a void that can be exploited. Negligence may also involve disregarding the impact of negative influences on your relationships and your health, making individuals more susceptible to spiritual warfare. So now you got to say, okay, what areas in my life have I neglected? Negligence. See, we don't defeat the devil through desires. We defeat the devil through disciplines. We can't, we can't be negligent in our disciplines. We got to say, no, I got to pray when I don't feel like praying. I got to pray my hardest when I don't feel like praying. I got to stay in my Bible. I got to stay with these spiritual because this is the only way. I also got to make sure that I'm not negligent when it comes to my health. Like I'm not negligent when it comes to uh, 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 my, my marriage. So now you got to say, okay, I got to take a step back periodically to assess my systems, to assess my disciplines, to make sure that I'm not negligent, opening a door for the enemy to wreak havoc. Let's keep going for time's sake. Now I wrote right here, spiritual warfare stems from spiritual work ethics. The level of my spiritual warfare is determined by my level of spiritual worship and work ethics. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable worship or service. So if my life is not in service to God and my disciplined work ethics are not solid, then I'm not going to be effective and spiritual. Now, quickly, we're going to talk about spiritual momentum. This is some of the things that I told her in the call today. And so I'm giving you all some of the, the points that I gave my coaching client, who's a highly successful entrepreneur who just, hey, man, coach, I'm going through spiritual warfare. And, and so she gave me a call and I, and I, and I helped her. Uh, but I talked about spiritual momentum with her as well. And I want to give you these points. I didn't necessarily give her all these points. Some of these points came after the call. Uh, maintaining spiritual momentum is crucial for protection against spiritual warfare because it signifies a continuous and purposeful progression in one spiritual journey. Here are some of the key reasons why. Constant connection, number one, read through this quickly. Spiritual momentum keeps individuals consistently connected to their faith, to their God, to God, I didn't say to God, but to God, fostering a continuous relationship with, with the Lord. This connection serves as a shield against negative spiritual influence. So spiritual momentum, meaning doing the spiritual disciplines daily, even when you don't feel like it, will produce these kind of results. Constant connection. The more I invest in my spiritual momentum and grow spiritually, and I told you, uh, in order to grow in every area, you got to grow in the spiritual area. It keeps you connected. Spiritual momentum keeps the individuals consistently connected to their, to, their, to their faith. The more you connect to the God, the more sustained you'll be. Number two, discernment and awareness. Regular engagement in spiritual practices sharpens discernment and heightens awareness of spiritual realities. 
then you'll be able to catch years before the manifestation of what's happened against your children. Then you'll begin to catch the, 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 the strategies before it's manifested in your marriage. Then you will catch the strategies against your health to try to kill you and you can prevent them. But the more you the more you regularly engage in things of God, the more your spiritual discernment and awareness. You're like, man, I'm all oh, man. Something ain't right about this. Years before something ain't right about. Do you know every person that we try to date? The Holy Spirit never came late. The Holy Spirit was like, no. And we ignored that no. And then three years later, we realized why that was a no. This heightened awareness allows individuals to recognize and resist potential spiritual attacks contributing to the overall protection. So now when you got spiritual discernment, you be like, man, you, you may not know the reason. And God doesn't owe us a reason. People are, people are waiting for closure, but they don't just they don't just accept that God closed it. Imagine, I tell people all the time, why do you think God closed the door to the ark and not Noah? Because Noah's human. Noah never heard cries like that before. Noah never heard bangings on the side of a boat like that before. And Noah might have been too nice. And Noah would have been like, you know what? I'm going to let these people back in. Didn't know that these people were still sinful people. Because just because, that's what I tell people, just because a person that broke up with you wants to come back to you, doesn't mean you should let them back in because they may have changed their mind, but they didn't change their behavior. They may have changed their mind, but they haven't changed their methods. So if, if Noah changed his mind and opened the door to people who, who believed that he believed rain was came that was going to come, but they didn't change their methodology, then they would have ate that uh, duck. We wouldn't have chickens and ducks right now because they would have ate the ducks. They would have ate the cows. They would have ate all the vegetation. They would, have, they would have disrupted the ecosystem and the, the harmony within that God predestined for the ark to have. That's why God closed the door. Because if God closed it, Noah couldn't open it. And how many times we're asking God, why did you close that door? God just says, stay on the boat. <laughs> stay on the ark. I closed it. And God doesn't owe us an explanation. We just need to know that, that the door is all we need to know. And when we know that God loves us and cares for us, we can trust that if he closed that door, I'm not going to weep or wonder why he closed it. Resilience and challenge. Spiritual momentum provides a foundation of, of strength and resilience during life's challenges. Individuals with spiritual momentum are better equipped to face adversity and their spiritual practices serve as a source of guidance and support when confronted with spiritual warfare. So just because you are proactive doesn't mean a demon stopped being active. When Jesus was tempted in the garden, not in the garden, but in the wilderness, the Bible said that the devil left to a more opportune time. You're going to face the face with spiritual warfare eventually. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be strong warfare. It's going to be like, I'm just checking to see. Are you solid? <laughs> like, like, can I use Peter this time? You're like, man, man, bro. Usually in spiritual warfare, you got to be discerning of the people in your life. And be able to have a level of intelligence, spiritual intelligence, to be able to know their weak points and how the enemy will try to use them. They, 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 they didn't come uh, 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 predominantly, uh, 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 or they don't try to, they don't necessarily come predominantly through people who are haters. They come through people that you love. That's why I safeguard my wife. That's why I, I try my best to be the husband I need to be to safeguard the spiritual warfare. So if I be, if I stay the loving husband that I am. When I begin to continue the principles of husbandhood against my wife, I can neutralize 
or closed doors for the enemy to try to use my wife as a spiritual tool and vice versa. What I mean by that? If I neglect being a husband in some form of facet, it's going to create a vulnerability in my wife because there is a responsibility for me as a husband to safeguard my wife to be open to potential warfare battlefields of her mind. If I stay loving, stay considerate, stay with it, and be what the Bible says the husband needs to be, I can minimize the opportunities for the enemy to plug in her mind. Why your husband always too busy for you? That's crazy. Wow, he on his he doing it live again, huh? He ain't even check up on you, did he? That's unfortunate. What does that do in her mind? Now her mind is now open. And then all of a sudden, I can't be surprised when an argument ensues when I'm trying to do something um, for God. You see? So then you'll begin to say, okay, how can I be proactive in my relationships, proactive as a parent, proactive as a spouse, proactive as a coworker, proactive as a boss, proactive as an entrepreneur, proactive as a business person, to neutralize the opportunities for the enemy to come through these events. That doesn't mean that he won't try to come through through their negligence, through their insignificance, through their arrogance. We're just talking about you on your end, safeguarding yourself from spiritual warfare coming from those different areas. So spiritual warfare, they're going to try to come through your spouse. But you can soft answer, can dry away wrath. See how, you see how the Bible interconnects? We'll keep going for times. <clears throat> that was good, though. Holistic well-being, a sustained spiritual momentum often extends, hear me, to other areas of life, contributing to a holistic well-being. This includes mental, emotional, and physical aspects, creating a robust defense against vulnerabilities that might otherwise be exploited in spiritual warfare. So now, the more you're building spiritual momentum and growing in the things of God, it naturally increases the vitality of other areas. While you grow spiritually, you grow mentally. As you grow mentally, you grow emotionally. As you grow emotionally, you grow physically. Because the only reason why we have physical issues because we have emotional issues. The reason why we have emotional issues because we have mental issues. The reason why we have mental issues because we have spiritual issues. We fix the spiritual, the mind's renewed. The mind's renewed, the emotions are stabilized. Emotions stabilized, stresses in the body don't materialize. That's the system. But if I have emotional issues, I'll eventually have physical issues. If I have mental issues, I'll eventually have emotional issues. If I have spiritual issues, I have issues in every area. <clears throat> so now, the more I invest in my spiritual momentum, I'll actually become more holistically healthy in all my other areas, which then spills into your marriage, but then it also spills into your children's life, which also then spills into your business, which also spills onto your job, which also spills into the classroom, etc., etc. Next one, positive energy and vibrations. Consistent engagement in spiritual practices generates positive energy and vibrations. This positivity acts as a counterforce to negative spiritual influences, creating an environment less conducive to spiritual attack. Like I said before, the devil cannot, demons, I don't say the devil, the devil's not omnipresent. Demons, the spiritual systems cannot thrive. <laughs> In the joy of the Lord. Can't. I don't care if all hell's breaking loose. If you got the joy of the Lord in you, hell can't break loose into your life. So when I operate in positive energy, 
and vibrations, I disrupt. They won't even come near you. When you're always positive, content, counting it all joy, smiling, not letting nobody take your vibe because your vibe is untakeable. Man, they can't, they can't, man, they, they can't stay long. That's why when things go wrong, sing a song. Then they won't stay long. The wrong won't stay long when you already found your song. That's why you're gonna have a soundtrack to your life. I'm gonna get to those questions, Lord willing. This positivity acts as a counterforce. You don't even know. You singing that song, Dean, like, man, man, <clears throat> break every chain. <laughs> oh, man, there she goes singing again. Oh, man. Man, uh, uh, we'll come back, bro. We don't got time. <laughs> Purposeful living. Spiritual momentum is closely tied to a sense of purpose and meaning in life. Individuals driven by a spiritual purpose, something higher than you. You're doing that business because it's higher than you. You're doing that ministry because it's higher than you. You're in that career because it's higher than you. Individuals driven by a spiritual purpose are less likely to be swayed by deceptive influences fortifying their spiritual discipline. What this means is, is that when I begin to start writing my books, when I begin to start doing my videos, spiritual warfare probably dropped about 40 to 50 percent, 60 percent possibly. Because I had a higher purpose and a higher focus. There was no need for pornography no more. There was no need for all the different things no more because I had a higher purpose. I, I was, there was other things to do, all right? Let me read. In essence, spiritual, oh, that's it. So spiritual momentum, when we have it and we engage in it and we invest in it, gives us constant connection, discernment and awareness, resilience and challenges, holistic well-being, positive energy and vibrations, and purposeful living. Now, let's talk about some strategies for the next 10 minutes or so on how to fortify yourself and to become proactive when it comes to spiritual warfare. Here are the three things I gave that young lady I'm gonna give you today. Because we want to safeguard 2024 or whatever year you're watching this. And there's things that we must do as believers to fortify ourselves as we engage in spiritual warfare. Number one, the strategy number one is you have to become aware of who you are. Number one strategy is to increase your awareness. One of the first stages in uh, my uh, fulfillment coaching program, I guide my clients or people that want to do one-on-ones and they're entrepreneurs, business owners, or whoever. It don't matter whoever it is. The number one step that I bring them through is awareness. Awareness leads to preparedness, okay? If you're not aware, then you ain't gonna uh, 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 war well, right? You're not gonna warfare. You're not, it's not gonna be, it's gonna be unfair. You must become aware of who God is. If you're not aware of who God is, then you might as well be susceptible. You must become aware of who God is and his attributes, who he is. Because one way spiritual warfare comes to our lives is when we're not able to cast down vain imaginations and every thought that rises up against all God because we don't know enough about God to overcome the arguments. 
So the more you know about God's attributes and God's timing and who he is, how he operates, then, then you will become at a level of understanding where you say, okay, I can see what God is doing, so I'm going to chill. Then you won't get so uh, caught up in being influenced by the things. Next, you must become aware of who you are in him. Awareness about him and awareness about you being in him. As a son, I am fully aware. And I think what amplified that for me is my daughter. The Bible says, if you've been evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, what more would the Heavenly Father give you? So when I began to, when I stepped into fatherhood, I began to understand that my father's good. <laughs> because I'm like, if I'm being flawed, know how to give good gifts, surely God can. So when I begin to realize who I am, then when I make a mistake, I don't dwell in condemnation. I have a good, good father. I go to him. God, I'm, I repent. I'm, I, Lord, I receive your forgiveness of what you're doing across me. Lord, Lord, help me to renew my mind in this area. See, I don't, I don't, I don't sink into the sunken place of, of condemnation. I rise to the place of domination. And then I know I can go to my father about anything. So when I become aware of who I am in him, then when I operate from him, I can operate in authority. Like I got a father that's over your over your devil, your words, whoever, whatever it is. It creates a confidence. Next, you got to be aware of who you are. The more you become aware of your personality, become aware of your, how your gifts and talents, then you begin to get immersed in them. And you don't have to worry about warfare from them. And last, you got to be aware of warfare. Now, I'm going to read this. Understanding your identity as a spiritual being is a powerful strategy against spiritual warfare. Recognizing your divine connection, purpose, and the authority you have through your faith in God helps build a strong foundation. If you do not build the foundation right, no matter how good the house looks, it's going to fall. This awareness acts as a shield reminding you of your inherent value and strength, making it more difficult for negative spiritual influence to gain a foothold. So the more you know who you are and you have these things as a foundation and you're constantly reminded of your inherent value, meaning that my value doesn't come from my money, doesn't come from my honey. As far as my wife, it don't come from nothing else my inherent value comes from God, then I will properly value myself, then I'll properly value the things in my life, which then safeguards those things because you value those things. It also says, this awareness acts as a shield reminding you of your inherent value and strength. So now you know where your strength comes from. You know where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord, which then in your proactiveness, you'll cling more to your spiritual discipline because you know you got to stockpile that for battle making it more difficult for negative spiritual influences to gain a foothold so the more you are aware of who you are and whose you are and what you're supposed to do and what's around you the more you can be proactive so now oh you'll see it in, you'll see it in the uh worksheet morning routine this is what i gave her and i'm gonna give you my morning routine on how i'm proactive in spiritual warfare <clears throat> i put set the tone Usually you set the tone at night, but this is the morning routine. I'm going to give you the night routine. Well, give, I'm going to do the morning routine. Establishing a morning routine 
focused on spiritual practices, sets a positive tone for the day and serves as a proactive defense against spiritual warfare. Activities like prayer, meditation, scripture reading, or affirmations create a spiritual armor. Starting the day with these practices, I'm going to give you what I do in a minute, aligns your mindset with spiritual truths, providing resilience and clarity in the face of potential challenge. So now, when you set the tone in the morning, there won't be much mourning. <laughs> not much tears, not much crying, because you set the tone. Once you begin to build a foundation, and every morning you understand that when you, the fact that you are alive is warfare. Do you know that the every morning when your demons see that you wake up, they're nervous because you're alive? That means if you're alive, you could be activated. If, and if you're activated, you can actually be active. The enemy don't like when I wake up every day. <laughs> what, what? For me to do another video? For me to another set, the, set up Captain Free? Man, no. <laughs> so as soon as I wake up, boom, set the tongue. We here, alive and well. Glory to God. Let's get it. Mentality, we with it. You see what I'm saying? When you set the tone early, it synchronizes your whole being to realize or to get you seen so that you can then start the, the defending. Let me tell you about my morning routine. I have these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven R's. And I'm going to give you the strategy behind them. This is what I told the young lady today. And this right here, when I when I practice this, man, it's it's more so warfare against me and my family is not is not big. It's more like uh, I don't say that boastfully, I say that humbly because God is always still on guard, right? But it's more mostly they just aggravate me. They don't, they don't, they don't, they just they just they just do little things because they they're from afar, you know. I can't you know? um that's why I keep my mind, I, I keep steadily active in the categories of ignorance, negligence, ignorance, negligence. Let me see them again. Ignorance, arrogance, insignificance, ignorance, and negligence. When uh, 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 when you begin to always keep your mind on those different things, keep yourself from being arrogant. Always keeping yourself realizing where your significance comes from. Always endeavoring to continuously learn, and and, and uh, uh, constantly like anytime I find out about certain foods, okay, thank God I'm not ignorant about that no more. When I when I become whatever because now I can I can safeguard the area, or negligence. The more I do that, right, then warfare becomes at a minimum. But this is what I do in the morning. The first R is reflect. There's power in reflection. There's power in reflection. So at night, reflection starts at night into the early morning. So I reflect at night. My, my ceiling turns into a video screen. I begin to reflect on the goodness of God. I begin to reflect on areas that I missed that I began to reflect. Reflection is a part of awareness. The more I reflect about my day, the better chance I can set up the next day. Reflection. So at night, I start reflecting on my day and I start reflecting on the goodness of God and I go to sleep in peace. When I wake up from that peace, I still, I, I keep my mind always in a reflecting mode, reflecting on the goodness of God. 
reflecting, right? And in that reflection, then it leads to projection. That's not number two, but that's part of number one. Reflection, oh, that's number two, yeah. Reflection then leads to rejoicing, a second R, rejoicing. Then you begin to think about, when you start thinking about the goodness of God, Lord, I thank you for another day. Man, let's go get it. God, make God, oh, oh, my wife is still, my daughter. Oh, man, I rejoice. So now you're rejoicing. Once you start rejoicing, the Bible says the goodness of God draws you to repentance. Because when you begin to reflect on the goodness of God and then begin to rejoice at the goodness of God, then you start repenting and things will come to the surface of your heart like, God, okay, yeah, God, make me better. Make me new in this. I repent. You start repenting. These core three, these three areas right here are top level warfare uh, strategies. The devil doesn't want you reflecting. He doesn't want you rejoicing. He definitely wants you repenting. Because if you do these three things every morning and throughout your day, periodically when needed, man, he can't interfere. He can't inter uh, 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 intercept it or destroy you. Next, once you reflect, rejoice, and repent, next thing that I do is I become resourceful. That's when, when I repent, like, Lord, okay, yeah, yeah, I see that, Lord. Thank you for reminding me of that. Thank you for showing me of that. And then my, through humility, you be like, God, help me to recover in this area. Help me to do better in this area. Lord, Lord, show me areas in my regiment. Show me areas in my life where I'm not doing what I need to do. And then, and then the Holy Spirit will begin to bing, 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 send things up. And you'll be more cognizant of when you do those things. And then you'll be more in a position to do the opposite of that thing to find success. Then you become resourceful. Before I request from God, I start using my resourcefulness, which means uh, I start praying for people. Lord, I cover my wife. I cover my daughter. Thank you, Lord, for them. My mom, my dad, my siblings, my niece, my nephew, my, my sisters, all everybody start being resourceful. And these things can be the tone as you go throughout your day. Next, then I request. If there's any requests there, Lord, whatever, whatever the requests are. And then Retaliation is what I do. Before I leave the house, I always touch the top of my wife's uh, 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 or the door before I leave. In the name of Jesus, I counsel every, no, that's what I say. Through the authority I have in Jesus, I counsel every plot and scheme of the devil that's set against X, Y, or Z, or the full alphabet if you need to. You will not prevail against me today in the name of Jesus. Now, it don't got to be long. They, it don't, don't got to be long. What these things do is sets you up to retaliate. Now, after you done reflected, after you done rejoiced, after you done repented, after you done been resourceful, now you done conjured up enough energy, spiritual electricity to hit the joke in the mouth. Pop! Not today, Satan. Not today, not tomorrow, not this week, not next month. No, not today. Boom. That, now the energy, man, now they like, man, we can't mess with this guy. Can't mess with this girl. That's my morning routine. And then the last part is I stay in a state of rejoicing. Once you retaliate, boom, bop. <coughs> Counsel every plot and scheme, boom, bop. Now you done got you a song in your heart. And you stay in that vein all day. Then you begin to notice nothing really bothered me today. Actually, I got more favor today. When you stay in that state of rejoicing, sparked by the reflection at night in that morning routine, oh, man.
Message me and let me know how that works. Last but not least, <laughs> familiarize and weaponize. Familiarize and weaponize. Uh, scriptures, oh, here it is. Familiarizing yourself with specific scriptures and using them as weapons is a strategic response to spiritual warfare. Identify one to three scriptures related to areas where you feel vulnerable or weak. Meditate on these verses regularly, internalizing their meaning and drawing strength from the wisdom and principles they offer. This process weaponizes the word of God in your life, providing a source of guidance, affirmation and protection against spiritual attacks and specific areas of vulnerability. Now, when Jesus was tempted in the, in, in the wilderness, how did he respond? I'm going to let y'all put in the chat. How, what did he respond with? I'm waiting till y'all put in the chat so I can give me a little water break. What did he respond with? What did Jesus respond with? For time's sake, appreciate y'all typing on this a delay. He responded with the word of God. It is written. If you want your enemy smitten, you have to quote what's written. He weaponized, thank you, Ms. Crawford, appreciate you, the word. Not what they heard, not what he heard, not from the herd, from the word. When you familiarize yourself with scripture, that's why I told the young lady on the coaching call, I said, that's why the Bible says meditate day and night. For instance, chicken by itself is just chicken. But if I let chicken sit in a teriyaki marinade or any kind of marinade, the day and nights that I have, the more days and nights that I have that chicken marinated in that marinade, when it's time to cook the chicken, the chicken has now a new adjective. It is no longer just chicken. It is teriyaki chicken. It is lemon pepper chicken. It is sesame seed chicken. Like the name is impacted now because of what it was marinated in. So the goal is not just to quote scripture, but for scripture to be in your mixture. See, that's why I don't get so caught up in people that, that memorize and know a thousand scriptures, but that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But if all you do is memorize and you don't marinate, then how are you going to be able to walk in faith in that word if all you can do is quote it? See, the verse cannot just be in my memory bank. It has to be in me everywhere. See, when a chicken is marinated, half of it is not outside of the marinade. The whole thing is in there. I want no matter what area the enemy attacks in my life, it tastes like scripture because scripture is in the mixture. 
That's why you got to sit with one or three verses for months if you have to until those verses engrave and graft themselves in you and you actually become the scripture. When the word became flesh and dwelt. So that's why we have to allow the word to become flesh in us. And I'm hearing what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make, I'm just giving a, a, a different a parallel. I'm not twisting this scripture. But what I'm saying is that's why Jesus can could that's why Jesus responded with the word because the word became flesh. And until the word becomes flesh to you, I'm talking about where it becomes a part of you, then you won't be able to weaponize that thing against spiritual warfare. I pray this video was a blessing to you. It was a blessing to me to give it to you. I pray that you got something from it. I pray that you learned something from it because this, this video could be prophetic to a degree based upon the way the world is going, that it's just important for all of us to fortify ourselves in the word more so that we can be prepared for any kind of warfare from a personal standpoint, from a relational standpoint, from a national standpoint, or from a global standpoint. Are you fortified for a global event? Are you fortified for, from, for a national event? Are you, are you fortified spiritually from however warfare may come, from your child, from your spouse, from your job, whatever? Are you fortified, my friends? And so I pray this video was a blessing to you. You're so welcome, uh, uh, Charisma. You're so welcome. Let me go through a couple of questions. I'm going to serve you all a little bit. Uh, before I do, make sure I have a couple of resources I think will be a blessing for you. Check out this book, World War Me. It's an old book, but it's a valuable one. Uh, it's a book, my spiritual warfare book. This book right here will help you better understand the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare from that standpoint. Let me see if there's any other books. This book right here, uh, Counterfeit or Counterparts, another great book on spiritual warfare to the degree. Got some elements in it um, how to discern a counterfeit from a counterpart. This is a great book that will help you uh, to properly discern what's in front of you. Another great book that I think will help when it comes to fortifying yourself is The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. Great resource there. Also, you can check out a couple of my coaching programs. If you want to take this deeper, some of these points are involved in my coaching program, whether it's my mindset program or my, my definitely my purpose program. There's a lot of stuff right here. I help a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, a lot of successful people and individuals, period. Those who are willing to invest in themselves, help them experience a transformation of becoming an individual that's whole enough to hold the stuff that's able to hold the things in their life. And if you want that transformation going from having holes in your life, whether it's generationally, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, holes in your life, relationally, holes in life professionally, and get to a place of wholeness where you could be able to hold this or that and for long periods of time, then my friend, check out my purpose program if you want to experience a transformation. If you want to experience transformation of going from mental clutter to mental clarity, from, from mentally incompetent to mentally competent, to get to a place where you're mentally creative and really get to a place where you're like, man, my mind is one of my uh, prized possessions. It's no longer overthinking. It's properly thinking. It's able to create at a high level. If that's a transformation that you want to experience, then check out my Resilient Mindset Program. Links in the description box below. Uh, let me see if I can get those links real quick. I just get a, a link to my coaching programs and then I'm gonna ask some questions. Coaching programs there, fill out the application, see if you qualify to be a part uh, of it. Um, because you have to invest in yourself, my friends, if you want to get the best of yourself, especially in these kind of areas. Now, 
Uh, let's see. What's another uh, link? Uh, all those books are on Amazon. Anyway, we're good to go. Let's go ahead and uh, answer a couple of questions. I got to go because I got a master class tonight. Oh, yeah. If you want to be a part of tonight's master class, I'm giving, uh, I'm doing, Lord willing, well, this month I've already did four master classes. Uh, uh, every Thursday, um, I'm doing a master class. I'm using pieces and nuggets from uh, uh, the different coaching strategies and systems and stuff that I think will help people. Uh, and if you want to be part of free master class, go to, let me find a link real quick. Um, December Masterclass. You can register today. And we start at 8 o'clock. So in about an hour and a half, I'll be doing another video. We're going to be talking about the four holes um, that hinder success, generational, personal, relational, and professional. And so if you want to be a part of free Masterclass, it's in the Zoom. YouTube is amazing. I love doing YouTube. But it's something about being in the Zoom. Uh, and it's more, it's more intimate, it's closer. Uh, you're able to get face-to-face -face interaction. You begin to get that real raw uh, uh, material as far as class structure. Great experience there. So if if you like, if you want to be a part of the Zoom, you get a lot of great things in the Zoom. Register for free. Um, and so I'm thinking about doing four more master classes next month. Uh, so people can get understanding of how to experience my coaching from that standpoint. And may even want to go deeper into other coaching programs that I have. And so all that's available there. Answer a couple of questions. I got to go. At least go to the gym and then uh, get ready for this master class. Uh, uh, she's custom made. This is good. Stay on the boat. That's right. Jennifer put some flames up. Let me see if I, did I skip anybody. Learn from humility, not humiliation. That's real. This is definitely right on time. I'm so glad, family. DJ Cobra says, Coach, how do I know a woman called from God when God called, when God, well, let's read it again. Coach, how do I know a woman called from God? Now, I don't understand that question to a degree. I think I know where you're going with it. Um, but to know that a woman's called from God, you have to know God uh, closely. See, the thing about God, God leaves a residue. Like, what I mean by residue, when the more you experience God and the more you begin to uh, experience outside the experience, what I mean by that, there's been moments where I experienced God. And then when I stepped out of the experience weeks from then, I began to say, man, now I know that that's a God thing. And then when I experienced that experience again in a new experience, what I mean, I began to compare the two and be like, oh, that was God again. Then I become familiar with how God does things. And I become familiar of, of I know this is of God because I know God. The more you know God, you'll know what's called from God. So I hope they help. I'm just going to answer these questions real quickly, just for time's sake. Um, Carissa says, how do I protect my goals, plans from monitoring spirits? Great question. Is there a way to strategically hide my plans from monitoring spirits, like not praying out loud? I'm not sure. Well, there's some things that you can do. That's a good tactic. And I've done that plenty of times where you just pray on the inside. But it doesn't matter how much a spirit monitors. If I don't give them opportunity to destroy it. So you protect your goals and plans by staying in the will of God and the will of God's sanctification. The more you begin to be sanctified by the by the by the hand of God, by the work of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what goal, because everything's seen. Everything's seen. I'm not necessarily assured, sure, assured of not sure, sure of all of their technology and their capabilities, whether they can read minds or whatnot. So it doesn't matter what you do. I'm pretty sure they're going to know. Right. 
So what you do is you just say, okay, God, I trust you. I trust that no matter what I do, plans or goals wise, they will not impact. Now, God, reveal to me any vulnerable areas, whether it's in insignificance, arrogance, uh, 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 ignorance or negligence that will open my goals and plans to them. So if you begin to operate more in discipline, you don't have to worry about the devil in the midst of it. Right. We defeat the devil through disciplines. So the more you surround those goals and plans with a disciplined individual, they can't get to the material. If that makes sense. Hope that. Jennifer says, I've been trying to stay in purpose, but now my parents are and me are being gang stalked. These thugs have placed cameras in our homes, etc. I was not aware of this till it happened. How would you proceed? Hmm. Can you remove the cameras? What I would do is this, and 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 um, yeah, I've I've experienced some not along these lines, but something close to it. Um, first off, you have to trust that you're protected by God. Number two, now you got to be proactive, meaning that you got to say, okay, one or two things: you remove the cameras, whatnot. If the cameras can't be removed, then ask God to remove you into a better place or to remove them. And and the more you put your trust in God, the more they will be removed. Now, message me so we can get I can get more details so I can answer you, answer a little bit more in depthly because I want to be um um strategic in what I give, and I don't want to just give you something quick with something this. This legitimate. Now I gotta go. Love you all. Thank y'all so much. Trust me with questions. Trust me, we are not losing it. This is actually happening. We've prayed and called police several times. Gotcha. Okay. Chris Ram says, because of the illness I have been struggling with, I've lost so much time and I've been living in fear. You're so welcome, Charisma. I want to be healed and I want to step into my purpose, but I don't know how to. Every part of your story is a part of your purpose. And so the the things that you struggle with, the more you begin to win with it and begin to grow from it and begin to see how it can be significantly used, then you will find purpose in the pain. Because if you can if you can find purpose in the pain, you can find the gain in the pain. Every pain has a gain. You gain more information, you can gain more money, you can gain more opportunity because now you're taking that pain and then you understand that there was a blood stain for that pain, which means you could be redeemed from the curse of that pain. You could be redeemed from the, 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 the psychological warfare of that pain and then you can begin to develop package of purpose from that pain. Then you begin to say, man, oh, I can use this part of my story to give God glory. But I got to go, man. I'm, uh, I got to go. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions and your time. Um, stay with me. I'm going to start doing more live Q&A. So bring these, recycle these questions back through. But I know a person who's available right now and always, and that's God. Go to him and find out what he has to say. And begin to cultivate that so that people like myself who are limited, you know what I'm saying, in their capacity, you can, I, I want to teach you all more on how to go. No, nothing wrong with bringing your questions to me, but the goal is to get to a place where it can be filtered through God and you know how to do it uh, and, and, and to minimize um, that. So pray y'all was blessed by this. Links in the description. Thank you so much. 
uh, for the response. I wish I could talk to you for more insight. See, uh, message me, see what we can do. We'll see what we can do, family. Love y'all. I'll catch y'all next time. Catch me in the free masterclass tonight. Love you all. Peace.